Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Friends, we're back after a week of recharging and resting and we've got a ripper episode for you. We kick off talking about communication styles and how your Mercury placement in your natal chart says a lot about how you converse, listen and comprehend. We reco a delicious breakfast treat and a hilarious new movie to hit Netflix. Then we guess the celeb natal chart of said movie's leading man. To finish up, we chat dinner guests and whether it's possible to have too many air signs at the dinner table. (laughs) But Holly, first, can we talk about She-Bear? She-Bear has taken time off from doing readings because she can't read the energy at the moment. It's actually wild, George. And you know what? When you sent me the message yesterday, what was most wild about it was you said the same thing when you were doing your moon synopsis the day before. I know. I, I said to Holly, I'm having a real issue writing this week's moon synopsis for Luna Lover, like to record the potty. It felt, well, it felt very Capricorn, like you pointed out to me. But I was also like, I can't tune into anything. I was just... To be honest with everybody, the way that I wrote that synopsis was using logic and which we'll learn about is my communication style, but using the logic of what a Capricorn moon should feel like yeah, based on the eclipse and Mars in Aries and all this sort of stuff. But usually for me, it's an intuitive channel and it, I couldn't access it. And it's so interesting because it's exactly what Shebear said. It's so weird because randomly, maybe six weeks ago, I was talking with Jordan. I'm like, I'm going to give myself a week off readings. And it just so happened to be this week. So usually I would be reading yesterday and I have, I don't have any readings on this week. So I've not even needed to tune into the energy either. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks with you. You might want to do some practice runs this week, Holt. Because (laughs) Sheba seems to think she's going to have to read relearn how she reads because her the way that she reads now is not computing it's not comprehending the new energy this so it's not just a new weekly vibe thing it's a whole collective upgrade she said the energy has has shifted which is good news it's good news because it's been real shit (laughs) (laughs) it really has guys and i think From what I gathered, I mean, listeners, you've probably all watched the video as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. But from what I gathered from what Shebear was saying is this isn't just like a 2020 shift. This is a collective new world consciousness that has shifted Mm. that 2020 has sparked. 
Mm, this bring it like when hearing you say that just makes me feel like expansive I guess is the word like I'm sitting up straighter and I'm attentive and I'm like yeah we're we're here for this and and that's what I really believe truly George is that our souls have chosen very specifically to incarnate at this time and I feel like lots of us feel like we're here for a big reason big vision big mission whatever it is and I think this is the thing this is the whole new way of living and existing that we're coming to well, I mean, it makes sense. We can't read it because it's never been like this before. No, and I think the other interesting thing about this, and this is why I value Ursula so much, is she said, you know, I don't know how long, I don't know how long it's going to take me to learn all this stuff. I have a feeling her Mercury might be an Earth placement, but mm. I haven't, I don't know how long this is going to take me, but I have to go away and learn until I do. It could take two months. It could take three months. It could take six months. I love her so much. Yeah. It's just, um, it's very humble and noble of her to fall on her sword and go, I actually don't know. And I'm not going to come and pretend that I do until I feel like, I guess it's the integration piece again, right, Jord? Yeah, totally. I, I I think it's very noble because, to be honest with you, I would, Virgo Moon, have an issue for myself being like, oh, guys, I'm actually not going to put a Capricorn full moon podcast episode up this oh. week because I can't tune in. I'm like, I'll just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, She Bear has a lot more to do than just a 10-minute episode like I do. And yeah, it's a responsibility. But from from what I can tell, or this this might be making assumptions, but her YouTube channel's her income, right? So it it says a lot to be stepping back. And yeah, mm. much respect. Total respect. Oh, yeah. Could we love her anymore? I if know. You tried? She's the best. <laughs> I love her so much. So, John, today we're talking about. Mercury. Yeah. So exciting. Uh, given Mercury's in retrograde, it's perfectly timed. Uh, but also when, when you said the intro, I already started getting mind blown because I just think Mercury communication, but you also mentioned, was it listening style as well? Listening and also how you learn, like how you understand and comprehend information. And I think what's going to be really interesting for people to hear is um, I've kind of broken it down to, you know, traits of mercury in in a certain sign but also how you process information because i think if you think back to studies maybe some of you are studying now but if you think back to university and high school and primary school even if you were one of those people who couldn't really learn well it's because the school system's not set up for certain mercury placements Wow, that's what wild. I, what I flagged probably as the worst, not worst Mercury placement, but that's not fit for the school system is a Pisces placement. So really? we'll talk about it when we get to it. But I think um, I'd be interested to hear from Mercury and Pisces how they went at school, unless, of course, they went to like a Steiner school or Missouri, uh, Mon- Montessori. Montessori, yeah, Montessori, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Well, it's interesting because I'm studying at the moment and it's been, I only said to Trent last night, like, fuck me, this is a whole me going back to high school or uni and the way that I study is very specific. So when we get to Mercury and Virgo, I'd be really interested to hear about that. And I reckon I'm totally mirroring my Mercury placement because okay. I'm very pedantic. I'm a very pedantic studier. Yeah. Interesting. So let's mm. talk before we get into each sign. Because it's going to be a juicy episode. 
Let's just talk about the way in which we communicate and comprehend. Mm -hmm. Because I don't Mm -hmm. always think they're the same, you know? I mean, they're going to have similar traits because it is ruled by your certain Mercury placement. But I think the way that I uh, absorb information can be a little bit different to the way I uh, express information and communicate. Absolutely agree, Jord. It's almost like for me, if I think about it, yin and yang, mask and femme. Like I feel that the way that I absorb information is very slow and considered and very yin, femme. And the way that I express, I guess it depends on the day, but it is very much more like in bursts maybe. I don't know. It's a really interesting thing to consider. It is. It is. And also um, I guess like the other thing we can look at around Mercury is your level of productivity. because mercury rules you know it rules communication comprehension information but also technology um productivity uh travel all those sorts of things as well so it's interesting to see um you know like the way in which you like to travel and the way in which you use technology can be very reflective of your uh, Mercury placement. This is fascinating. Mercury is a big guy, right? Like he's he. Yeah. I feel like we need to ask everyone what their Mercury placement is. It's it's so telling. Well, it is a personal planet. I think we've spoken about the personal planets before. We've got Mercury, Mars, and Venus. That's why we feel them so heavily when they're retrograding. Mm. Um. And we'll talk about we'll talk about Mars. Have we done a Mars episode? Oh, we have. Yeah, yeah. But we Mars have. is doing some big things this year. So Mars is um, currently in Aries, and then what would usually happen is it would just move through Aries like it normally would. But right as it gets to the end of Aries, it slips into a retrograde, so it goes all the way back to the beginning of Aries, and then all the way back through. So we're in it till like the end of the year. And and Aries and Mars, they're at home together, right? So it's like aggression meet aggression? Well, yes, but also that's the shadow side of it. Sure. Also the the lighter side of Aries and Mars, which is, you know, like getting shit done and standing up for yourself and putting yourself first, that's Mm -hmm. all highlighted as well. So um, I I actually like when a planet's in its own – yeah, a planet's in its own sign because it's it's at home, the energy's nurtured. It's when you start having like Libra in – Mars in Libra or like, you know, Saturn in Gemini and it's like, whoa, what's going on? This is a lot. So right now Mercury is retrograding through what sign? Uh, cancer. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Okay. And so then when Mercury goes direct, it goes back into cancer. Is that how it works? No, um, it'll be, no, not always. Okay. Okay. I think it will have moved by then. Oh, these planet games. Gosh, it's so hard to keep up. (laughs) Well, it is, it is. And and that's what's so funny about astrology. Everyone thinks it's really, um, kind of like simple and not simple, but like, easy and and surface level but it's so freaking intricate and there's a lot of maths involved so my little brain gets a little bit overloaded by it I can imagine I'm impressed I mean I guess it says a lot about your Mercury and Taurus but we'll get to that (laughs) it does (laughs) um but just before we do go into the signs I do want to talk about communication like I said before so the way that I communicate with people is um I'm very clear 
and uh, practical in my approach. If I'm trying to explain something to someone, I break it down into bite-sized pieces for them um, and give it some structure so they understand it, even if it's a really esoteric, woo-woo or big mm-hmm. concept. I'll, I'll bring it down to a level that's very uh, relatable and digestible for people. That's mm. how I that's how I communicate. The way that I retain information is actually quite similar. So if something is very big, I've got to break it down into smaller pieces. Otherwise, mm. I um, feel quite overwhelmed by it. And I need yes. to make it tangible. I need to understand it in a very uh, almost physical way. Like I'll, you know, get all of the things on the table and like make them each kind of argument say and then like place them in different spots so I can understand. And if I can see it and it's visual for me, then I understand it. That's so interesting, George. That is so interesting. I'm not a visual learner at all or I don't retain, yeah, I'm not a visual person. I've been thinking about this, Jordan. Communication for me is like an intrinsic value. Mm. I really, really value communication. My degree at university was a Bachelor of Communication. When I was in high school, I was gunning for school captain, but no, I got communications leader. And I was walking around the schoolyard with communication on my badge. Can I ask what, what the role of communications leader was? Yeah, hosting assemblies. That's cute. I'd be like, hey, guys, welcome to this week's assembly. Here's the alfalfa. Our father would lead everyone into prayer, (laughs) but also like doing announcements over the speaker and like, I would have loved that. What a great role. It was definitely the second best after not getting school captain. Um, and yeah, so for me, communication is huge spoken written word, all of the words. Uh, when I, when it comes to retaining information, I have to write it down. So even in my study style, I'm, I'm doing a course at the moment and she's like, it's fine. We've got the booklet there. You don't need to take notes. And I'm like, oh, no, absolutely not. I have a book of notes that mm. I, it's just my way of absorbing, which is why a lot of the time I will be processing through my Instagram captions or when blogs were a thing, it was like my way of processing through the written word. So it, it, communication is everything to me, George. It's so interesting because both of our charts are ruled by Mercury. So you're very Virgo dominant and I'm very Gemini and Virgo dominant. So um, even though we're talking about, we're going to talk about Mercury placements today, a lot of the other planets in our chart are in signs that are ruled by Mercury, if you know what I mean. So it's no coincidence that we're both in a communications arena and that we studied it and that we did it outside of what we do now. Um, yes. Now we're living and breathing it. It's it, well, it's innate in us, right? We're not mm. trying. So when I remember, I, I had this chat with Chen at dinner the other night, and I said one of my favorite things at school uh, during school was when it was speech day. You know, when like you had to present your speech, and I was like, I'll go first. I was fully Hermione Grangering it up the front, and he was like, I don't understand that about you, and I'm like, I didn't understand anyone who wasn't excited to give a speech. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Does Trent remember you being communications leader? Actually, I'm not sure I'm going to ask him. Probably not. He didn't want to borrow of me in high school. It's so funny. Like, I would love to know. Because, like, if you think about it, sorry, this is a bit off topic, but I have to say it's it. It's fine. I often have these thoughts of, like, 
you know, you don't know, well, not you, because you know, because you're married to him, but like, I don't know who I'm going to be with, you know, next week or next month or whatever. And mm. there could be weeks or days or years of passing a person or them being in your life, but you not knowing that they're the person that ends up as the person in your life. Um, yes. And I've had incidences like that with past uh partners or lovers where we've known each other but it's only once it's progressed into something and it's like did you ever have that idea or moment or thought before it happened and most of the time I would say no and it's just interesting like at high school you know you guys were in the same year but you didn't really hang out with each other if there was ever flickers the only thing I remember was uh Trent was playing handball in like year 11 or year 12 it must have been year 11 because my friend Jess she was in the year above me and she her and I were walking to drama and she's looked at him and she's like that Trent guy in your year is pretty hot and I remember being shook by it I remember being like what Trent I don't even know him like he's like the quiet guy I was really like rattled by it and now I think back to that moment I'm like oh my god that's so funny that's legit my future husband right there playing handball (laughs) yeah it's so weird isn't it weird this is the thing we just don't know guys if someone's gonna be in your life they could already be in it they could all right sorry you can quote me on that (laughs) okay so i'll just do what we do uh all the time i'm just gonna break it down by the science so like i said before mercury rules communication comprehension processing of information also technology travel all that sort of stuff and when we mm-hmm. say communication, guys, like it can be anything from the way that you talk to your friends, uh, the way you communicate with your lover, the way you write work emails, the way you talk to people at work, the way that you write letters, the mm. you know, like everything, text messages. Expression. Yeah, mm. an expression of you. Um, okay, so Mercury in Aries or the first house. Um Aries tend to think on the fly, so they they don't really plan thoughts. <laughs> they just kind of like think and then like say it. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so um, a lot of like feedback for an Aries would be maybe think before you speak. <laughs> <laughs> so heavy. Um, but the good thing about them is that they tend to be quite present. They're in the moment. They don't dwell on the past or get nostalgic about um, what's happened or project too far into the future. They're sort cool. of like in the here and now, that's all that matters, which mm. I really envy because I am the opposite of that. I admire it, yeah. Um, they are fearless about expressing their own opinions, I think. Yeah. Um, because they're very much, it's very much about them. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, but they put themselves first. And so their opinion matters. And if their opinion is unpopular, well, they don't care because that's their opinion. I love that. Yeah. Um, they could, depending on who's in conversation with them, be quite dominant in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, the way that I think an Aries would process information would be through um, like bite-sized bullet points. So mm. like th- when I say the simpler, the better, I don't mean like dumbing it down. I just mean like dot point, simple, easy to digest so that they don't have to give it thought think. process. Yeah. Yeah. It's like quick, short, sharp, let me absorb. Yeah. 
Um, so that's Aries, Mercury and Aries. Do you have any comments on that, Holly? Not at all. It's so interesting. Um, we'll talk to it when we get to the signs, but I, there are only a couple of Mercury placements that I know about because all of the people in my life have the same Mercury placement. So I don't even know anyone with them. They're Mercury and Aries. Yeah. Okay. Can't, can't relate. Okay. Well, this one you can, because everyone's this one in your life, Mercury and Taurus or the second house. So that's me. That's also Holly's husband, Trent and her best friend, Leah. And I only realized this this morning, guys. I was looking at my people's Mercury placements. I'm like, oh, I love Mercury and Taurus placements, apparently. Well, this is why I think you do. Um, Mercury and Taurus are very, we're very common sense kind of people. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> that makes us sound boring and stupid. But it's like, well, hang on, let's use your common sense. So for you, Holly, I would say to you, if you were having a freak out about something, I'd be like, well, hang on, let's just break it down a bit. Let's just bring some sense to it. Totally. Yeah. The other thing I want to say at this point, which I say when we do all of these junk food astrology things, is if you're recognizing traits that aren't your Mercury, but they are your sun or your moon or your rising, that also makes sense. That makes sense. you're going to relate to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, Mercury and Taurus also, we, we evaluate ideas for their return on investment. And I spoke about this in terms of, I think it was Mars, was it? When I was talking about return on investment, it's like, yes. what can you, what will this idea bring for me? You know, yes. if I invest in this idea, what will it give back to me? Yes. Um, we like to work in a predictable environment. So mm-hmm. like throw me in an office space I've never been in before or, you know, in a cafe I've never been to. And I don't work as well as if I'm in an environment that I feel kind of safe and secure in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we love to have proof or evidence that something's <laughs> going to work. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like that's that's just so illogical really because there's no way you can give proof or evidence on a future idea. But if I have the evidence, then I'm more <laughs> likely to follow the idea. Hundred percent. I get that with you, with Leah, and with Trent. It's like, yeah, but how? And I'm like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have a strong sense of what will work visually and aesthetically, and you can say that for all three of us. Whole, mm-hmm, it's like 100%. we can see it. We can see it working out, whether it's redesigning the lounge room or it's some sort of design concept, you know, to do with work or what it is. If we can see it visually in our heads, we can, the idea starts to evolve. Yeah. I value that highly because I don't have that. Um, and then, I mean, sorry, I have a lot about Taurus because it's myself. I understand it really well, but we also like to have a really clear action plan. It's like, okay, so if this is the end goal, what do I need to do to get there? And then sort of breaking down those steps. So working systematically, that's very, that's very much an earth quality. So that'll pop up in Virgo and Capricorn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I we- also feel like, oh, I was going to say, I also feel like, um, Mercury and Taurus, don't waste conversation. Like you're not ever going to speak for the sake of speaking or making noise. You know what I mean? Like there's a point behind the conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I think that uh, – I think you're right. 
I wow. think that Leah and I also happen to be Gemini's, so yes. <laughs> we also just speak for the sake of speaking. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And looking at Trent, who's Taurus and Mercury Taurus, and it's yeah. very, like, very solid. Yes. Very, very, he can be, like, qu- very quiet, but it doesn't mean he's not listening. It just means he's like, okay, I don't need to add anything to this. Taurine's processing information. Kind of said it before. Clear step-by-step instructions. We love concrete evidence. And that's what I said about the physical and material world before. It's like, well, show, like show me show me the facts. If you can show yes. me the facts, um, that's all I want. I just want the facts. Like, don't give me the hypotheticals. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, okay. Mercury and Gemini. All the My sister. Yeah, okay, perfect. Now, Holly, you're also going to be able to relate to some of this because of your rising, and I can definitely relate to it because of all my Gemini placements. Okay. Um, the other thing to remember is that Mercury is at home in the sign of Gemini. Okay. Yes. So um, they're, like we said, very, very, very good communicators. But if you're, if your Mercury's in Gemini, but you don't have any air at the front of your chart, you'll take on a lot of air qualities. I, I'm quite surprised with really good communicators when there's no air in their sun, moon or rising. But if you look at their... If, if you look at their Mercury, it's usually an air sign. That makes sense. So they're quick talkers and thinkers. Mm-hmm. So, And when I say a quick thinker, I don't mean that they're not thinking it through hard enough, but they're processing stuff really fast. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. very good learners, very good at um, tertiary educations mm-hmm. because they just absorb and then want to know more and then get curious and dive deeper. So true. Um, they're quick talk- talkers. And <laughs> if you know a Gemini... Um, I know a few that we know together whole and, and the quick talking can be very, very it's rattling. overwhelming to people that aren't of that ilk. <laughs> it, can, it can be, yeah, a time. Yeah, a time. Um, Gemini, Mercury and Gemini speed through like speed readers, speed processing information, you know, like we'll watch lots of documentaries. They just want to absorb, 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 and mm-hmm. they'll absorb it in half the time that anyone else will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In saying that they get bored very easily mm. and they very much crave variety. So I think I know personally, although my Gemini is not in Mercury, my Venus is in Mercury. So when it comes to communication in relationships, mm. I crave variety and I get bored very easily. Totally. Yeah. Are Gemini Mercury placements argumentative just for the sake of being argumentative sometimes no not for the sake of it that would be Aries but they're Uh, argumentative because they can see both sides of the argument okay so if you want to stand your ground and argue one side they're going to go yeah well what about this you haven't even looked at this okay and it's kind of fun just to argue the other side because you're so set on that one you know that is totally what my sister does really interesting yes yeah Mm. now um you know how you were saying to me before that Taurus always like to know how, how, how? Yes. Well, Gemini and Virgo, funnily enough, always want to know why, why, why. Yeah, yeah. it's true. They ask lots of questions. In terms of communication, we've spoken about this a lot with Gemini. They gesticulate a lot, so they use their hands. They're a very animated speaker. You and I both do that. Yes. Um, they, they like to exaggerate in order to make a story more colourful. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love them. <laughs> and very good storytellers. 
Mm. I mean, like sit a Gemini down and tell them to recount a story and they'll make it very entertaining. Totally, totally. Facial expressions, the lot. Yes. I think the last thing I want to say about Mercury and Gemini, and this stands for Gemini in most placements, is they kind of lack patience when it comes to overly abstract or philosophical ideas. Mm -hmm. They're just like, "Mm, nah, like that's too much. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, Because the thing with philosophical ideas is although there's a lot of thought process involved, you can't get to a conclusion and that's frustrating for a Gemini. Right. Whereas for, I'm assuming an Aquarius, it would, they'd be all for it. Yeah. Or even a Pisces. They're like, I could uh, ruminate on this all day. You know, yes. and it's like, yes. oh, do we have to? And <laughs> trying to move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the way that a Gemini and Mercury would process information, sorry, Mercury and Gemini would process information. Um, again, quick, get to the point bullet point so that they can think and process it fast. Um, clever turns of phrase. So anything kind of witty and clever. Um, And I think that if they were trying to learn, they would try and find wit in the learning so that they'd remember it. Is that the same as, because I used to do this in high school, making up songs to remember the things? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I think that's also quite a Leo in Mercury. Totally. Mercury in Leo. Let um, me perform to you my study notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> study a monologue. And then also because Gemini is ruled by um, Mercury, they're very much about technology when it comes to processing information. So they learn through uh, multimedia and chat and text and you know any kind of like PowerPoint presentations, anything like that. Mm, that makes sense. Okay, Mercury and Cancer or the fourth house. Mm. Um, they tend to be sensitive to others' feelings and needs. Mm. Um, they take things quite personally when it comes to communication. So yeah. if you say something to a Cancer in a really generalized way, they're likely to just take it really personally. It's my mum. But they have a very high emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, that they are quite nurturing, so they'll always ask how everyone is doing. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, when it comes to communication with a one-on-one person, say, it would always start with, but how are you, you know? Beautiful, yeah. Um, where a Gemini would treat thoughts as facts, a Cancer would treat feelings as facts. Right. Yeah, which, I mean, who's to say they're not? But (laughs) says says the devil there. (laughs) They're very sensitive communicators, aren't they? Yes, and they just want to know how you feel. They just want to know. Like, just tell me how you feel because I just want to know how you feel. Do they know how they feel? That is the question. I think they do know how they feel. And a lot of the time it's hurt and offended. (laughs) And defensive <laughs> i'm sorry guys it's we are void of feeling as double S. so we're the ones that are unfortunate we've got the problem yeah we've got, we've the, problem. got the problem okay <laughs> glad we cleared that up uh and when it when it comes to sharing something personal they really need comfort and reassurance so if you have someone in your life who has a mercury and cancer that's good to know i think okay so the way that a cancer might 
process information, um, something a little bit more gentle and perhaps when it's presented with a bit of a personal touch, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and if you can convey it in a way that allows them to access their emotions and their intuition, I think that would be really good. Mm. Uh, When it comes to like productivity and work, I reckon like being in a really safe, comfortable space would be good for them. Mm. They're probably loving working from home at the moment. Yes, totally. Yeah. I was going to say if they're a child, maybe they respond well to lullabies. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you think? Yes, I do. And interestingly, like I said about school before, look, and I think this is for all of the water signs, I think that school is not set up to cater to your feelings and your intuition Mm. at all. So I think as a child, um, water dominant moons and mercuries would Mm. have really suffered. Absolutely. This is why the um, more creative schools that are popping up are really great because they cater to, yeah, creativity and intuition. Yeah. It's a place for all of that. That's right. Okay, so Mercury and Leo or the fifth house. Um, They love big, bold ideas um, and they like them to be delivered creatively. (laughs) So they would definitely love their study notes made into song. (laughs) (laughs) Can relate. But if wow. they went to like a musical that was like teaching them that year's school curriculum, they'd learn it in a heartbeat. Yeah, they'd know all the dance moves off yeah. my heart. <laughs> oh, that's so um, they, uh, they just love fun and play. So if a, challenge, if a challenge is fun for them, then they'll absorb the challenge really well, you know? Interesting. Okay. It's like, you know, here's a challenge, but make it fun. That's the kind of vibe. <laughs> Um, I'd say in group activities, they're probably the loud one and they need undivided attention when they speak. (laughs) Hear ye, hear ye. Leo in Mercury is speaking. Come gather. It doesn't matter if what I say is truth or not. Sit and watch and applaud. Yeah. Um, they crave the spotlight or an audience. They're also unafraid to share from the heart. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, and this isn't a bad thing at all. I think that if they were communicating to an audience, there would be a tendency to be self-referencing a lot. Um, Right. Like now back to me, but also this is my experience and that's not a bad thing at all. It's just like, this is how, this is my experience. And if I tell you that, then maybe that's how you relate to it. Yeah. Um, Fiercely protective of people that they love. So Mm. um, I guess when it comes to communication, they'll stand up for the people Mm -hmm. in their lives because they're very loyal Leos, you know? Absolutely. Um, And they're very encouraging and motivating and supportive, I think. They could be the motivational speakers of the world. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. There's there's a sign that is a particular motivational speaker of the world and then I'd love love us to go away and do some research on whether the top motivational speakers have their mercury in their sign, but we'll get to it in a minute. Oh, I'm so interested. Um, So processing information, yeah, we said through storytelling, visuals, personal examples. (laughs) So Mm. it's like if you're trying to get a Leo to understand something, you, if you break it down for them and be like, okay, so you are in this situation, then this happens to you and the result of that is this. That's <laughs> how they'll like, understand it. They're like, oh, my God, I can feel this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is powerful. <laughs> it is. It is. I think it is. I mean, that's kind of how I learned too. I mean, I think most people would, right? It's like if you can put yourself in the situation. Totally. Then you understand it better. Okay, so Mercury in Virgo or the sixth house. This is you whole. Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you who you are and then you tell me if that's right. <laughs> Please do. I actually think, you know, it's funny. I don't, I see some of these traits within you, but I feel like your other placements cancel <laughs> a lot of this out. Thank you so much, I think. I think so. You tell me. Okay. Okay. So Mercury is in its home sign in Virgo, much like Gemini. So both Virgo and Gemini are ruled by Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, when your Mercury is in Virgo, you're quite a linear or systematic thinker. Um, so linear thinker means that you like to do it in timeline order almost. Mm-hmm. Um you want to plan and schedule everything. You mm. want to know how stuff works and why. Yeah, but why? And then <laughs> they'll tell you, and then, yeah, I get it, but why? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely you. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> no, they also tend to be technical or a crafts person, which I don't think you are that. Do you think Not at all. That? No. Te- what, what, do, what do they mean, a crafts person? Making shit? No, like... um. Craft, like being crafty with the way that you deliver your information. Um, so like, oh no, actually, sorry. No, you're right. Being a craftsperson in terms of like, not like craft doing craft, but like mm. making things. So quite technical and structured and like liking uh, to build things. I hate that. I hate it. Yeah. So no, I probably um, am good at it because I'm good at a lot, but <laughs> not joking. <laughs> not that. Um, also they tend to be perfectionists and I don't think you're a perfectionist whole. I'm not. Because every time never, I try, ever describe it. no, yeah. every time I, I try and make you be one, you're like, well, nah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've never been a perfectionist. They also love mastering things. You do like to be the master of your domain. I literally did just say that I'm the best at everything. Yeah. So like, can't really. <laughs> now, another thing that I don't think that you crave is order and efficiency. No. Do you crave it though and just not doing it? Order. Um, yeah. Well, look, it takes a little bit to throw me into a spin. Like it, it doesn't take much for me to feel quite overwhelmed. Mm. So when I do have my structured morning routine and yesterday or the day before I think I was speaking to you, when that was thrown out, I had to start my day again. Like yeah. I had to come home and start again. Yeah. So I guess – Yes, it's just that I wouldn't describe it as order because it's like I still have a lot of looseness in it, but I am quite rigid with the way I do things. But would you call yourself efficient? No. Oh, with the things that matter to me, absolutely. But I just, I'm, I'm good at prioritising what is urgent to me and what's someone else's urgency. Yeah, interesting. Because I could name a few things that obviously you're not prioritising <laughs> and we need to have a talk about them. <laughs> like I email myself my priorities for the week so that it's like in my notes in my phone and in my like inbox like I have weird ways of doing things um uh, Virgo and Mercury is also um sorry I don't know why I keep saying it like that Mercury in Virgo is also very detail oriented which you're not no you don't love the details you just love the big picture 
Yeah. Well, I can be detail-oriented when I need to be. Like when I launched my new website, I went through it with a fine-tooth comb and like was very particular and pedantic. But again, it's like the big things that are really super, super important and then everything else I'm like, meh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of processing information, Virgos like data, facts and figures, but also when they can relate it to human nature. Yeah, okay. Does that, that make sense? Resonate? It's probably the first placement of mine, Jord, where I can see parts but not all of it. It's so interesting, I, I, yeah. isn't it? It's weird because I've got I've got bits of it. I'm definitely a communicator. I love words. I'm like all of those things, but I'm I'm not a perfectionist and I'm not pedantic. I love logic and I definitely do ask why a lot. Do but, you yeah, do weird. you process well with data facts and figures? Yeah, my brain's a sponge. Like I, I take in all of that yeah. easily. I just don't. I guess I just don't feel the need to express it all the time. Um, yeah, because I, I guess like you, Jord, I like to just relay things very simple and easy to understand, so I can take in the big stuff, but then I'll simplify in my communication. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that is definitely a trait. It's it's simplified and to the point. Yeah. Okay, Mercury in Libra or the seventh house. Okay, mm. so I think a Mercury in Libra is an interesting placement, and I'd love to hear from the Mercury in Libras in the in the um, in the group. No, in in, in the, the house. In the house. No, the listeners. Mm-hmm. I'd love yeah. to hear from the listeners that have their Mercury in Libra. Um, they dislike conflict, so they'll go to any lengths to avoid it, which is mm-hmm. is not a bad thing, but it means that they're avoiding discussion, basically. Um, they uh, deliberate on making a decision until they know how they really feel or think about the topic, which is also not a bad trait, but it can um, uh, paralyze them. Mm. They change their mind a lot, which can mm-hmm. be very frustrating, say, if a Gemini and a Libra are having a conversation. Because the Gemini's like, yeah, I can see your point, but can we just stick to one, please? Yeah. Yeah. Um, They tend to overschedule and overbook. Oh, sorry, and double book. They're the people pleasers. Yeah, because they're trying to please everybody and it gets them Mm. into trouble. Mm. Um, And sometimes they'll play both sides to please people, which dilutes their opinions and ideas, yeah, because they're easily influenced by other people's opinions. Totally. And then people could think that they're like um, a backstabber or two-faced when it's like, no, 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 I can just see all sides. Yeah. The, the that other... was very projecting of me. Sorry. No, it's like, well, it's it's finding the balance as well. It's like, okay, well, I see what you're saying and I see what you're saying, but, you know, maybe if we both saw each other's sides, then we'd be okay, which is fine, but that doesn't help you come to a decision. No. Um, but they do like to – so say in a work environment – I think they'd work very hard to make sure everyone was on the same page. Mm. Because if everyone's on the same page, <laughs> then they don't need to worry. You know, yeah, it's only when there's differing opinions that they're going to have a meltdown. True. Yeah. Um, the way that they process information through speaking. So like all the air signs through dialogue um, in a give and take kind of back and forth discussion. So it's like, 
well, you say something and then I'll say something and then you say something and then I'll say something because <laughs> that's balance, right? But it's, totally. if, if they're in communication with someone who's hogging the conversation, they're just going to be like, what? This isn't Can't working do this. for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then I guess how uh, understanding and how, yeah, understanding how an idea will affect them, but also how it's going to affect other people. So mm-hmm. where an Aries would be like, well, how's this going to affect me? And not consider the other people. Mm. Libra is going to be like, well, how's it going to affect me? How's it going to affect them? And likely they'll take it affecting other people over themselves. Yeah, I can see that for sure and yeah. can relate in ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Mercury in Scorpio or the eighth house. Ooh, spicy. Intense. <laughs> Intense bursts of productivity. Um, mm-hmm. Deep transformational ideas. They like to work alone a lot because they can sit with their intensity, mm. really dive deep into it, and mm. then come up to the surface and share it. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be super sensitive with their energy um, and like power dynamics in a room or in a space without having to say anything. They're kind of tuning into everyone's, I guess, energy. Yeah. So that can be quite intense, I think, for a Scorpio. Totally. Um, They can read the room really well, and it usually comes from staying quite silent. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Mercury and Scorpio will absorb that energy as well if they're not careful. So if they walk into a room and everyone's in a bad mood, they'll likely walk out with a bad mood. That makes sense. It does make sense. Um, They're also drawn to, like when it comes to learning, they're drawn to mystical and spiritual topics. Yes. Um, They're very intuitive, so they are the intuitive one. Yeah. Um, They have a fascination with like psychology and human development and the inner workings of the mind, Mm. but also like, you know, um, energetics and spirit and past lives and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, the, well, the way that Scorpios process information, um, they like to be, like I said before, left alone so they can absorb it uninterrupted. Yeah. Um, they like a little bit of mystery, I think, and maybe like solving a problem, like discovering it, going deep into the shadows to find it. Mm. Um, and I'd say they probably like getting a secret scoop, you know? Oh. That'd totally. probably be really exciting for a Scorpio. I feel like I want to have my Mercury in Scorpio. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a really good one. I think it's a lot about taking stuff in. They're probably not so good at sharing. Yeah, that's true, actually. Good point. They're and I not can out. say that about Scorpios in any placement. Yeah, that makes sense. They're, they're very, they process a lot on the inside through their emotions. Yeah. But they're not very good at talking about it. They're very secretive. Mm, true that. Okay, Mercury and Sagittarius. Ooh. These are the motivational speakers. Mm. They love big, bold ideas with a major impact. Um, they take risks and leaps of faith a lot, but also that means that they can kind of leap without looking in a way. Okay. You know, because they're sort of just like, oh, my God, I've got this big, great idea and I'm going to put it into action. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I probably should have thought that through. <laughs> <laughs> um, they enjoy multitasking. So mm-hmm. at work, I'd say they take on a lot of projects, probably more than they need to. But as long as there's variety in them, then they're all set. 
they're fiercely independent about their opinions and ideas. So nobody's going to tell them what to think. Okay. You know, that's like, no, this is what I believe. And, and this is it. That's what we're doing with this. Yeah. Um, they're not very good at sitting still and concentrating. So I think that they wouldn't really thrive in an office environment. Definitely not. Um, much like Aquarians, they love like world changing visions and metaphysical topics. So anything mm-hmm. kind of grand and big, that's very exciting to them. Mm. Um, this is, this is something funny that I read when I was doing research on this, that they prefer to beg for forgiveness rather than ask for permission. Oh my god! <laughs> Isn't that good? It's like, uh, I'll just do it and like suffer those consequences. You know, I'd rather do that than ask someone if I'm allowed. <laughs> that is hilarious. I know, so good. I love it. It's very fire signy. Yeah. Don't you think? Yes. Oh. Um, they exaggerate wildly. They overpromise and they overshoot the mark. Love it. Which love. is great. I'm here for it. Here for it. <laughs> I, I think we'd also call them um, like the people that put their foot in their mouth a lot. And this is speaking without thinking, which is very fire because they're all action, right? So they're like, yeah, even more than speak before thinking is act before thinking. You know, yeah. they're just going to be like, okay, I'm out. I'm doing it. And it's like, well, hang it. on. Let's just think about it for a minute. <laughs> hang um, on, let's take a pause. <laughs> but they do make great motivational speakers because they get people excited about big ideas. And this is what... We're going to do with our lives and this is the world vision, you know. So, like, I think if you think of Tony Robbins, it's that kind of energy. We've got to look up these motivational speakers and their placements. Yeah, we will. It's fascinating. Okay, Mercury and Capricorn or the 10th house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're very much like Virgo and Taurus in that they're very practical um, and it's really not about feelings at all. It's facts over feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, they like a clear, simple plan, and they're very much a get-to-the-point person. Yes. Like none of this yes. fluffy bullshit. Let's just get no. to the point. Love it. Um, for it. They are obsessively ambitious and driven. So yes. I, I would imagine that a lot of CEOs are Capricorn in Mercury. This makes sense. Yeah. Um, they enjoy taking on responsibility and rising through the ranks, so that's also to mm-hmm. the point of the CEO. Um, they dislike distraction and divergence from their goals. So they're very goal orientated. Um, this is a nice little phrase I read about Mercury and Capricorn. They like to be alone and in the zone. So they very much like to work autonomously so that they can get the work done. They, none sense. of this group shit. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, in saying that, they're very good at mentoring people. So they'd make good mentors to younger people. They like to play that role of mm. encouraging, mentoring, providing. Mm. They like to be able to see, you know, like the black sheep yes. or the diamond in the rough. Yes. Um, they can be quite obsessed with hierarchies and power structures. Mm. Yeah. They will climb that ladder for sure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um how they process information. I think it always comes back to how does this fit into the big picture? So is this tiny minute thing I'm spending my time on actually getting me to my end goal? Cause if it's not, I don't want to know. I'm wiping it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very much the five or 10 year plan kind of people. Right. Which yeah. like you and I are the opposite. 
literally, I was about to say, what is that? We're like, let's get to the end of the week. (laughs) (laughs) No, ask me where I'm going to be in five years. I have no fucking idea. No idea. I mean, if you asked me last year where I was going to be in a year, I don't know if I'd say here. Definitely not the same. Yeah. No. I mean, definitely not. I am the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mercury in Aquarius or the 11th house? Mm. Okay. I actually think Mercury in Aquarius is fun. I don't know any, um, but I would like to. Me too. They're quite witty and entertaining and they're that kind of class class clown type. So when they're (laughs) trying to relay information to you, they'll do it in a very kind of quirky, (laughs) witty way. I like Um, it. If they're not the class clown, they're kind of the mad scientist geek of the group. They're, oh, they could be a bit bit cray-cray in an eccentric, fun way because their ideas are innovative and out there, you know. Mm. They're not thinking – they're very much thinking outside the box. Love it. Um, they're good in teams. They're good collaborators. Um, they tend to shock people with their radical views. Um, they can be quite spontaneous as well, so they're a little bit Sag-like in that respect mm-hmm. where they don't – for for air sign, they're not really thinking it through. They're just like, <laughs> "How crazy is this?" And you're like, oh. <laughs> Wild. The way that they process information, they like to be able to run it past other people. So, Aquarius, uh, Mercury and Aquarius like to have a trusted circle that they can get feedback from. Sure. And I think that's. I think you could say that about most air signs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially Librans, they need that shit. Yeah. Um, again, they process information through multimedia or technology, um, and the more innovative it is, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to be able to step back from their emotions and evaluate objectively, mm. like most air science. Mm. Um, and when there's a humanitarian cause attached, they're all in. So they'd be very good at the head of a charity or leading a protest or um, being the speaker for an active cause. Sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, last but definitely not least, Mercury in Pisces or the 12th house. So, guys, when I'm telling you the house, if your Mercury placement is not in the sign, but your Mercury is in the house, that's where you might be able to relate as well. Oh, that's interesting to know. Yeah, so what's your house placement for mercury my house placement is the second house which is taurus yeah so that's probably why you relate to it so well uh and it's also just drumming back that practicality what's really interesting which i didn't know right until this moment is that my mercury is in the 11th house which is aquarius and that's why i was so excited by everything i just said there that was really interesting because I was like, wow, Joy is really taking to this Aquarius placement stuff. Yes, because I think I was like, yeah, that's me. Oh, my gosh, I love. Okay, so Mercury and Pisces. Now, this is interesting. This is uh, – I don't know if I did say this earlier, but I meant to. I think that Mercury and Pisces or Mercury in the 12th house placements will find school and the systematic uh, regiment of learning, whether it's at uni or whatever, very – tricky yeah yeah they treat their feelings like cancer they treat their feelings as facts and there's a very blurry line between their thoughts and their emotions Mm, mm. when it comes to communicating they can't really stick to the point because there's no linear pattern for them to follow yeah so they kind of meander from the point a lot 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so they, they, they wouldn't make a great public speaker. Okay, that makes sense. Um, they can be quite dreamy and abstract in their thinking, but mm. it does mean that they can visualize really well, mm. but have a hard time articulating those visuals verbally. Okay, so they're the ones that are like in the head. Yeah, they're creating. And they're, mm. I mean, they'd, they'd be beautiful artists and illustrators. So if they wanted to communicate a point, it would be through drawing or maybe poetry. So visuals. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, rather than you and I, which is speaking very the facts. Like, yeah, speaking the facts. <laughs> so boring. We're so boring. But why? But why? <laughs> um, they don't care why. They don't care why. They and, just feel. Yeah. Oh, um, so they re- they rebel against rigidity, you know. The quantum, like the quantum field and auras, are their learning ground rather than Whoa. you and I, which is like fact, figure, data, data. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they will often, when it comes to listening, they they will. So they'll often get caught up in people's um sob stories. So, like, oh, my God, I sound like such a bitch. But, like, if I've endured three hours of listening to someone's sob story, I'll have to pull the plug on it. Like, I'll yeah, be like, same. okay, I've got to go. got to go home. Same. Um, but a Pisces will stay there until the end. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Everyone needs a Mercury and Pisces friend. Yeah, totally. Wow. Um, the downside is that they can lapse into a victim mentality and feel quite helpless, overwhelmed, unable to handle all that information. Of course. You know? So I think that's what happens at school, especially in the subjects that you don't get to choose that aren't electives, you know? Mm. So like maths, for example, oh my God, they would just be like, I, this is too much. I don't understand. It's overwhelming. I can't handle all these numbers mm. because I can't feel them you know, Mm -hmm. whereas they'd be thriving in photography. Yeah. And art and even English to some degree, I think if it was a really beautiful thought provoking, um, literary master who, who saw the, the poetry in the writing and the melody in the writing, they could probably fall into that and be okay. Okay. But when it has to be, you know, like science or maths, it would just be so much too much. Um, and I think that they also need totally. lots of support and reassurance. So when they're having emotional ups and downs at school, and I keep saying school, but guys, it could be at work even, um, yeah. you need to be able to have the support and reassurance that it's okay to feel yes. and not have it yes. shut down. I've worked for a series of narcissists who don't have feelings and um, find it hard to empathize. And so mm. that was really hard. I mean, even though my Mercury is not in Pisces, but if yours was, oh my God, you would die in that environment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So gosh, that, that concludes my very lengthy Mercury chat. That was amazing, Joe. That was so eye-opening. I'm really going to sit with what came up for not just me, but looking at other people in my life. It's yeah. so, again, it's how you communicate with people, right? It changes the game. It, it does. And I, I think I would love to hear, we would love to hear from listeners because yeah. um, much like, well, this happens with a lot of the personal planets, right? Like once you know your Venus, your Mercury and your Mars, which are what we've covered so far, it starts to shine a light onto different aspects of your life where you felt 
like you've struggled or you've thrived and you haven't understood why. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And I'd be interested to know if there are other people out there who have the exact same sign in their Mercury, their Venus and their Mars because... Oh, because you do, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm all Virgo. So I'd be oh. interested to know if there's anyone with like all Libra or all Gemini or whatever it is. You are so lucky that your sun, moon and rising is fun and exciting. I know. I know. Because you'd just be a wet blanket otherwise. Can you imagine? But no one would ever describe me as a wet blanket, Joy. I know. It's so wild. <laughs> well, not to your face. <laughs> <laughs> Reco of the week coming to you <laughs> on the middle podcast show. Jordana Levine, what is your reco for us today? <laughs> it's our new theme song, by the way, guys. Just so <laughs> <great>. um, <laughs> I spent all the restful week last week coming up with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Holly was coming up with that jingle, um, I was actually in bed and watching a lot of television. Um, so for the next few weeks, you're likely to get lots of TV recos, uh, but today's TV reco is a movie on Netflix and it's called Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Very long name. It's got Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams in it and it is so funny. Have you watched it yet, Holly? Not yet, not yet. I'm going to watch this weekend. Oh, please do. Honestly, like I, I love both of those actors. I love Will and I love Rachel. Um... It's very funny because they play two Icelandic uh, singers <laughs> and Will plays a man called Lars who his whole life, ever since he was a child, he's wanted to be in the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> and um, they have been practicing and working together and I won't spoil it, but basically they make it in to this year's uh, Eurovision Song Contest representing Iceland. What is so funny about it is the accents, like they both do the most incredible Icelandic accent. Um, Will Ferrell plays that, you know, when he can be, he did it in Step Brothers, where he's very, a very emotional character. Yes. And he just, oh my God, you can just feel his emotions so deeply. I, honestly, guys, it's so funny. It's very long. It's two hours, but it's worth every laugh. I... I had two of my friends watch it and we spoke about it last night. One of them absolutely loved it. The other one was not so into it. I guess if you're not really a Will Ferrell fan, you're not going to enjoy it at all. But it's very much of that ilk of Step Brothers, um, Blade Runners. Blade Runners? No, Blades of Glory. Yes, yes. You know what I mean. All those sorts of movies. So, yeah, 10 out of 10. Oh, I love this. I love Rachel McAdams as well. Can we do her natal chat one week? Yeah, for sure. Don't you reckon hers would be interesting? I'll do for you next week. Okay, sounds good. Okay, cool. My record, Judd, is actually something that we're like, is this a thing last week? So Trent made a comment a couple of weeks ago. He's like, I really feel like crumpets. And I was like, noted. And then when I was in my local organic store, I saw these crumpets that were in the like vegetable section, like in the fridge, and they just caught my eye. And they're sourdough crumpets drawers so the ones that i have been purchasing now as a weekly staple um uh by hang on hold that thought pause 
So the ones that I have been buying from my local grocer, they are Silver Creek sourdough crumpets and they're made in Victoria and you can get them in your Whole Foods stores. But honestly, you can find a heap of different types of sourdough crumpets because, Jord, you had an experience with them last week too, right? Yeah, it was so funny. I had, I'd seen one on Instagram. A friend of mine was at a local cafe and she was eating a sourdough crumpet with um, butter and umite, which is this new Vegemite that she's created. I'll talk about it soon in another episode. And um, I was like, oh my God, I've got to have a sourdough crumpet. And I was very bedridden at this point. So like there was no going anywhere to get crumpets. And then the next day, a different friend sent me a text and she's like, I left you a present at your front gate. And I went out and there was a box, a whole box of sourdough crumpets. And I'd never even mentioned that I'd been thinking about them. No. She got them from the Sourdough Crumpet Company. (gasps) But she got them in Byron. They were fresh. So I don't actually know where she got them. I should ask her. But maybe Google Sourdough Crumpet Company. But they're amazing. They're so good, aren't they? Oh, they are so good. And it must be because everyone was doing the sourdough culture thing in COVID and someone's gone, let's make crumpets, and now it's like a thing. Yeah. Honestly, everybody get on it. It is the most delicious breakfast treat. Mm. But also, the other night, Trent and I were like, we're not that hungry. What should we have? We had sourdough crumpets for dinner. They're so good. And you know what I did because I had so many is I had, like, I'd have it as, like, a soup dipper. Yum. Yeah. Because they're oh. quite savoury. I mean, when I had crumpets as a kid, I always used to put honey on them. Yeah, same. But no, I, I'm loving these with lots of butter mm. and Vegemite. Yeah, yum. Oh, so good. So that's the wreck, guys. On the theme of Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, longest movie title in the world, leading man Will Ferrell is your celebrity natal chart this week. This is really exciting because I love Will Ferrell, firstly, and I was watching him as himself in Riding in Cars with Comedians, Getting Coffee, another long title. And it was interesting (laughs) watching him because you just expect him to be like his characters, which he brings out to a degree, but not fully. And it made me think, like even before I knew we were doing this, uh, made me think, I wonder if he's... It could go one of two ways. He could have water placements or earth placements. So is there a water placement? Yes. Is there more than one water placement? Yes. Okay. No earth. That's untrue. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. So he's double water earth. Yeah. My goodness. This is so fascinating. All right. His son is water. Yes. And his moon is water. Mm. And his rising is earth. Yeah. His earth placement is Capricorn. No. Okay. Is it Virgo then? Because I don't see Taurus. Yes. So he's Virgo rising. Yeah. Okay. How is he so funny? I mean, comedian, Virgo placement. That's why. That's how. Double water. Hmm. Is one of his water placements Scorpio? Yes. There's no cancer. It's very hard when you ask me a question with a negative 
turn of phrase because I don't know how to answer it. But this is the challenge, Josh. Can you ask me it in the proper way? Is there a cancer placement? Yes. Oh, my God, so there's no Pisces. No. So he's Cancer, Scorpio, Virgo. Yeah. Scorpio with a Cancer moon. No. Oh, he's Cancer with a Scorpio moon. Yeah, and let's go even deeper because you did so well with that. Thank you. Can you guess his Mercury placement? Like logical, rational mind wants to say fire or air because he's a comedian and he's a performer, but I don't feel fire or air. So I'm going to say no fire. Correct. <laughs> no air. Correct. Jeez. It's another water placement. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> I'm just going to go with what's coming up intuitively. Pisces? No. Okay. Scorpio? No. Cancer. Really? Yeah. The cancer I do not see. Well, it's I do. I see it so much. He's so um he's so kind like he's so kind. And I don't know if it came across in that comedians in cars getting coffee, but um I've heard him interviewed quite a bit. There's a really good interview that um Dak Shepherd did on Armchair Expert with Will. He's kind, okay. he's compassionate, he's very soft. His Mars is in Libra, which definitely makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Where he gets his funniness from, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what's throwing me. Mm. It he's must got be quite the. It's got to be Virgo placements. He's got his Venus is in Virgo. His Pluto's in Virgo. His ascendant is in Virgo. And his M. I mean, his MC's in Gemini, but uh, you know. Whatever. It might. I. I really do think we've got something in that theory that if you've got Virgo placements with no air or sun, you're likely a comedian. Mm. Or fire, I should say. Interesting. interesting. That was really interesting. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess wow. that's why he also he plays those emotional um, roles so well because he's pretty emotional. Like he gets the tears welling in his eyes. Yeah. With his writing in cars. Yeah, with riding in cars with comedians getting coffee, they showed his Saturday Night Live audition tape, oh, yeah. which he had to just play a cat. Oh like, yeah, remember. Was just the... <laughs> you remember that? It's quite he a fun, really it's quite a famous the... audition tape. That one. He was the cat, and maybe like because he's so sensitive, he can really just—I don't know—he feels things deeply. So funny. Wild. So good so one, Jord. Good one. Well, you did so well. Congratulations. It's your theory, Mercury's in retrograde. That was like a quick one for me. In our last episode, we lightly touched on your top five dinner party guests, if you were ever to have anyone. Yeah, and you put me on the spot and I was like, no, I absolutely need to prepare for this. And so that's what we've done. (laughs) We've prepared. But we've gone one step further with the preparation and we've pulled up the natal charts of the guests that we've each wanted at our table to see what we feel about the dynamics around the dinner table. Yeah. So I think it's quite interesting. Um, We'll start with your dinner guest. Do you want to tell everyone who the five people that you want to invite to dinner? Yes. So I touched on a couple in the last app. Uh, Eminem, Phil Rosenthal from Somebody Feed Phil, creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. If you don't watch somebody feed Phil, you won't understand why he's great. Oprah, 
Ricky Gervais and John Mayer. Lots of men at this table. Yeah, it's so funny because I've got lots of women and one gay man at my table. Um, I love that. But what's so interesting about your table is that everybody except Ricky is an air sign. <laughs> and I have a type. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, uh, but it makes sense, right? In terms of like dynamics at the table, there's a lot of strong personalities there. Like, I don't know if Ricky and Oprah could be at the same table and not be the leaders of the conversation. Okay. Do you agree what's with Ricky's, that? What's Ricky's star sign? He's a Cancer sun with a Scorpio moon. So him and Will <laughs> are the same. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Yes, Oprah would want to lead the conversation, as would Ricky. Yeah. Um, Oprah and John Mayer would get on really well. They're both uh, air signs with Sag moons. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um, and Phil and actually Eminem, Oprah and Phil are all Aquarians. Which is so fascinating to me because I don't have many Aquarians in my life. Oh, sorry. Eminem's got an Aquarius moon. Sorry. He's, he's not... a Libran with yeah. an Aquarius moon. Yeah. 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 I think I like the quirkiness and the weirdness and that's why I would invite them to my table. But, no, I don't even see Oprah, Oprah as an Aquarian. It's weird. But she um, is because she's a thought provoker. She has big world visions. She has big, bold ideas. She's, she's actually true. very Aquarian. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I actually think that there'd be lots of – yeah, there'd be lots of conversation because the Librans and the Aquarians would get on really well. Um, I think Ricky would really struggle at that table. Ricky would feel left out. Everyone's all up in their head, but Ricky's all about his emotions. And I think this is why he can be so cutting with his comedy because he finds the emotional pain points for people and uses them in his skits and his comedy. And and I think this is why they stopped getting him to host the Golden Globes because... He was offending yes. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, that would be a nice little, I guess, like icebreaker at the table every now and then. Just a little bit of an offensiveness thrown in for good measure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how Oprah would deal with it, but sure. I love that Eminem's <laughs> and we... a double air though. Like that's just so telling, isn't it? Is he double air fire as well? I don't have his full I... chart here. I think he's double air fire. I just feel like we're destined. If anyone has any hookups with Eminem, let me know. I need to slide on in. Um, oh. He's my whole pass. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's look at your guests, short, so And then my, we can see if our guests would all get along. <laughs> so my dinner guests are um, Liz Gilbert, T-Swift, mm-hmm. um, Zoe mm-hmm. Foster-Blake, mm-hmm. She-Bear, Ursula, and my Obvious. last one's Benny Drama. Yeah, I love that you got Sheba and Benny Drama. They would 100 be at my table too. And look, I base this on a few different things. There's like so many celebrities that I would love to have at my table. John Mayer and Oprah were definitely on that list. But I also mm. had like Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Chris Evans. You know, like there's a lot of people I'd want at my table. But these people I thought would make interesting conversation with each other. Mm. So what's interesting to me when I was looking at their charts, Geordie, is there's a lot of water happening at this table. Which is so, so funny because you know how I feel about water science. I know. This is why I was really, like, surprised. So we've got Liz Gilbert, who is Cancer, with a Virgo moon, 
but she's also got her mercury in cancer, so she is quite watery. Mm. And then we've got her sitting next to Taylor Swift, who's a Sag, but she's got a Cancer moon and she's Scorpio rising. So she's yeah. double water. So I think Tay and Liz would get along really, really well, um, just given their watery placements. We've then got Ursula Shebear, who we love and adore. Now, she's double fire water. She's Aries, Leo rising, but she's got that Pisces moon. So there are quite a few, again, watery moons at this table. Lots of emotion. And Benny Drama is a Scorpio. Water. Again. But I think he's got a Saggy moon, I think we worked out. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because, um, yeah, I don't do well with the waters. Um, But I'm obviously attracted to all these people. Um, And so I think that... Oh, you missed out Zoe. Zoe's a Leo. Zoe, yeah, yeah. So she's, she's a, a fire Leo. sign. And there's that's what I was going to say. There's a lot of fire placements here too, George. So you've got Zoe, who's a Leo. You've got Shebe, who's double fire. Yeah. You've got Taylor, who's a Sag. So it, it really is a watery, fiery table. I am very attracted to fire signs. Um, like mm. I definitely am attracted to the flame of a fire. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I guess it's kind of quite telling. It's like... I probably do need more water in my life. Yeah. It's, it, you're you're being drawn to them. Yeah. It's interesting that both of us aren't attracted to earth signs. <laughs> well, it's funny because I am in like love. I, I Yeah, I'm married I'm to one. Always attracted to earth signs, which is considering I'm single is maybe something I should look at because it's not mm. working out for me. Um mm. Holly the last thing I wanted to say was, can you tell me a little bit more about Liz Gilbert's chart? Because I just don't yeah. understand why she's such a brilliant writer. Uh, so she's Cancerian, Virgo moon, Mercury's Cancerian. Her Venus is in Gemini. Okay. So you guys would hit it off around that. Yeah. I couldn't find anything else because it was on that annoying, it yeah, wasn't on the Astro side. chart line. So they were the main things that I took note of, but I don't understand it either. It's, so it's got to be in her rising because her rising we can't find. They're not unachievable dinner parties, are they? We can make that happen. I mean, you'd probably struggle to get Oprah there, but I reckon you've got a chance with everyone else. Do you really think I have a chance with Eminem? Yeah. Really? Well, if you get famous enough, you could. I mean, I don't know um, if he likes having dinner at people's places, but... I don't have to have dinner with him. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is he married? What's his story? I don't really know. He's such an enigma. That's why I'm drawn to him. He's quite private, isn't he? Yeah. It's a vibe. Mm. Also, um, John Mayer's great. He's there too, but... I love John Mayer. Oh, I would I know. love for him to write a song about me. Um, You could definitely have dinner with Zoe Foster Blake. That's so doable. Yeah, that's achievable. I reckon I could have dinner with Liz Gilbert too. Totally. And I wouldn't put Sheber out of the picture, Sheber. If I'm I, in I Italy, did. I will find you and have dinner with you. We were laughing so hard the other week because do you guys remember when I was in Ireland last year and we were like, <laughs> let's just reach out to Shiva and see if she wants to hang out. And I did. And she never saw the message. And also she lives in Italy. Like what a stupid assumption because she has an Irish accent that she lives there and that she would be in the one place in Ireland that I was visiting. <laughs> God, we can grow and evolve in a year, can't we? <laughs> she definitely read your message and just left it in 
unseen messages. No, oh, but we have a really good relationship. She would have surely said, no, darling, I'm not there. But she doesn't, She at that point, she wasn't sharing where she lived, you know? That's true. This is true. Yeah. Look, each to their own. It's fine. So I, I was one of those people that's like, I'm in your town, let's hang out. Like, oh, no. I hate those people. <laughs> FYI, guys. <laughs> I was like, never be that person, and I was that person. Oh, oh, but you've got to take your chances where you can get them, right? It's fine. It's totally fine. On that note, I think the dogs are saying, Holly, exit us out with your outro. <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly as a party and Jordana Levine. Join our Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast and let us know how you found this week's ep. You can also find us on Instagram. Just search at the underscore middle underscore podcast. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.